0: I'm Batman. Oof. You even sound like a bad guy. I swear I am a good guy. Okay, Mr. Batman. 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 That's what I said, Batman. No, you're saying Batman. Uh, listen, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. This is the this Bat Pod. Bat- Grab your bat microphone, it's time to start the show Like a court of owls, the mystery is starting to grow Let there be no debate, it's about to begin Keen like Bruce Wayne, quick like Tim Drake, fierce like Damien grab your headphones, listen up you know you love it. Drop the facade like the Dark Knight detective they've got some perspective. They're a pure crime fighting collective It's the bat pod
1: welcome to the bat Pod. My name is Bill Beer and joining me tonight Jay Loving
0: hello all bat fans
1: how's it going tonight?
0: It's going pretty well.
1: that's good. that's good. so we have. Their 50th episode, not the 50th episode that we've been together but the Batpod is going to be celebrating its 50th episode. And of course, I went to Twitter to ask all the millions and millions of listeners (laughs) what they would want for the 50th episode. And I put a giveaway, a live episode, have guest interviews. But the one that Is still in the lead. Oh, it's completed actually. Is make Jay sing the theme song. Everybody wants to hear you sing the theme song. What do you think about that?
0: If we can postpone it until I learn Vietnamese, because we we're big in Vietnam. Yes, we are big in in Vietnamese. Oh,
1: okay, that seems reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) Reasonable. Actually, we're slipping in Vietnam. We were like top forty. Now we're top fifty. I don't know what it what it was he can't (laughs) so tonight we're going to do batman number 92 yes we got current bat books in the lineup batman number 92 detective comics 1022 and batman 183 a topic of the week and of course dump the co-hosts so let's head to the books the Bat
0: Pod is a spoiler podcast. Please read the comics we're reviewing so you can enjoy the show.
1: We are a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Our first book tonight is Batman number 92. Your writer is James the IV. Artist, Gilliam March. Colorist, Tamu Mori. Letter, Clayton Cowles. Cover, Daniel with Putri. Variant cover, Francisco Matina. Associate editor, Dave Welgoss. Editor, Ben Abernathy. And in this issue, Penguin wants to press charges against Deathstroke for putting him in the hospital. Gotham is turned green, and the Riddler and Batman play the biggest game of crossword puzzles that you have ever seen. Catwoman and Harley Quinn try to pull off the biggest bank heist ever and is met by punchline riddler accuses batman of cheating after he solves all his riddles and it ends with batman finally meeting up with the designer so this is our first issue in a couple months and to me it 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 I, I'd missed I'd missed the book I'd missed this particular book I was enjoying the storyline the storyline seemed to you know be stretched out a little bit stalled at some points this might have been my favorite issue so far just because of the appearance of the Riddler what he had set up with Gotham as making Gotham basically a crossword puzzle. The streets are separate. Once you solve a puzzle, the streets get connected. And, of course, Batman is the one that's going to solve the puzzle. So I thought that was a very interesting concept. What did, what did you think about
0: this particular issue? I enjoyed it. I can't say that I had liked it any more than any of the others. Uh, it's a little bit, like I say, it's a slow-moving, slow reveal. Yeah. we got a little bit more, I think, in this issue than we had been. Yes. There was a couple points where you really, really had to suspend disbelief. Like, I mean, what kind of a nuclear power plant did Riddler have in order to put up force fields over an entire Gotham City? Yeah, yeah,
1: you (laughs) sort of have to go and and say, okay, Riddler is capable of this. You you don't want to think about it too much or it just isn't going to make— a lot of sense, but we got an introduction to the Bat-Train. It's weird we haven't seen the Bat-Train the Bat train before. No, we haven't. What I find was a little confusing was, you know, Catwoman and Harley were going to do, you know, the bank heist. They said bank heist, but I thought they were going to rob Wayne Enterprises. That was her big thing.
0: Am I wrong with that, or... No, I mean, because that was the big confession that she yes. was giving to Bruce and said, when I tell you, when I, when I tell you this, you'll, all your feelings will change because, yeah, she was going to rob him blind. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I had the same thought. Was like, And it didn't
1: look it? like a bank to me. Yes. Uh, we are introduced to the Dealmaker, which is his first appearance as far as I can tell. I don't know what he is, sort of like a a calculator for villains in Gotham City or that sort of thing. But they didn't seem like they were in a bank either.
0: No, I I really don't, yeah, I'm really confused about that.
1: Yeah, so I I was confused about that. And the other thing, when Batman figures out where the Riddler is, because he recognizes the background and where the designer is, did you get the feeling that that was Wayne Manor or... Like Wayne Towers, I would tend more towards Wayne Towers. That's what I was thinking. I saw some people online say, "Yeah, he got into Wayne Manor," but that didn't make a lot of sense because he said at the end that you know he's he's in Bruce Wayne's office, right? So yeah, there were there were some things in here that didn't flow, but there were, there was some nice moments. I like the moments with Deathstroke. He had, Actually had some humor. It's, I know at the one point he he said, why would anyone want to come to Gotham City? Right. So, makes sense. But, yeah, overall the art was great. They've been switching back, you know, between Gilliam March and Tony Daniel. So, I uh, really right. enjoyed this. I enjoyed the appearance of the Riddler. It seemed, every time we've seen the Riddler in the New 52 since it started... He doesn't seem to act the same. This seemed more Riddler-like to me personally than some of the other th- appearances he made and not really do anything.
0: Yeah, I agree. And he seems to have become slightly less deformed than he was a few issues back. Remember yeah, when I showed him and he, he was kind like of hunched he was over on and like death's door or something. Like- dinosaur spines across his
1: back oh right right maybe he got uh he went down to the local cafe and got a latte and a, a bun or something right <laughs> but
0: i you know it was a good issue
1: yeah yeah i liked it And uh the the penguin looked pretty creepy the way he was drawn i like this one you know batman slash bruce wayne he must practice you know solving riddles just to be prepared for the riddler because he was like coming up with the answers like immediately like that
0: and i have to i'm going to backtrack on something okay i think the designer he's in bruce wayne's office but i do think it now it's at wayne manor okay just cuz of the windows and the seat that he's in yeah because that seat looks very reminiscent of like if you go back to batman year 1 the night that he decides to become Batman, where yep, he's been yep. wounded, and he rings the bell. He was sitting in a chair just like that with his library of books behind him. So I'm thinking the designer's gotten into Wayne Manor.
1: I mean, everybody gets in there lately. <laughs> it's like a revolving door. Like- yeah. Anything else you want to add about this particular one?
0: Uh, and just one last thing, if anybody picks up the book. Ignore the front page advertisement for WonderCon in Anaheim oh. in April. Yeah, that's not <laughs> happening.
1: <laughs> no, or it didn't happen.
0: But no, nothing else. Yeah, you it's, would have thought you
1: know, they would have changed those ads out. I guess they've already had it printed or whatever, I'm and it just sure didn't they ship. did. They just yeah.
0: they had it printed and just Diamond stopped distributing, so it's been sitting in a warehouse for four months. Yeah, I'm sure. So,
1: okay, we'll go ahead and head to our topic of the week. The Batmobile. Let's go. How many batteries to power. Welcome to Topic of the Week, and our topic this week is our top three Bronze Age covers. And when we're talking about the Bronze Age, we're roughly talking about from 1970 to 1984 area. So we each went through all the the many books that came out during that time, and we picked three of our favorite covers, I mean... It's kind of difficult to narrow them down to three since there were so many good covers in general. I mean, any era it would Me. be difficult oh. to pick out three, but I picked out three that, that I really enjoy.
0: All right, same. So
1: we'll go ahead and start with you. What was your number three favorite Bronze Age cover?
0: My number three was Batman 232, the story... Daughter of the Demon. Oh, yeah. The first appearance of Ra's al Ghul. Yes, that's a great cover. Yes, you have uh, Batman and Robin in the foreground. A pistol is being aimed at Robin, and he looks like he's bent over as he's being shot. And in green, the green background, you have this superimposed image of Ra's with his hands out, like almost like claws. Yes, yes, yes. Great book, great book, great
1: cover. Love that one, too. I mean, you could make an argument for a lot of different books. Oh, yeah. So, my number three book is Detective Comics 478 from August 84. And it's on the cover. Is Batman holding a uniform of some kind? And a person is kind of melting like goo out of this uniform. And it says... Clayface is back, and this girl was his first victim. You, Batman, will be his next. And all you see is a hand with, like, clay on it. But this is the 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 first issue that introduced Preston Payne as Clayface. He has, like, a bottle-type jar on his head, and his face is like goo, and his touch will basically turn you into goo. And... This this was a cover. I really I really enjoyed the book inside too, but I I like I like this cover also. So, is that a book you ever read?
0: Uh, if I have,
1: I've forgotten it. It's yeah.
0: been years since I did. Yeah, if I yeah, had it. yeah.
1: What was your number
0: two? My number two was Detective Comics four thirty nine as a hundred page spectacular. But the lead story in this is the story is one of my favorite Batman stories. But that's not necessarily why I picked the cover. But the lead story in it is "Night of the Stalker." Oh, right, yes. That's for the one where there's no dialogue. Batman doesn't speak the whole story. And on the cover of this, it's from that that lead story, and Batman is standing up on, you know, mounded earth, which is right next on the shore of this small puddle swamp area, and three of the villains are running away from him. One of them's turned back and firing a pistol, but you just have this imposing figure of Batman. His cape is blown out and billowing. And the moon, a full moon behind him. Just a good cover and a great, great story, lead story in that book.
1: Another good one. So, my number two was Batman 291 from June 1977. And in this issue, you have a cover with six Batman villains. Well, I will say five Batman villains. You have the Riddler, Poison Ivy, Scarecrow. Joker and Catwoman, and then you have Lex Luthor. They're 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 standing on both sides of what looks like his grave that says "Batman died 1977. May you rest in peace." And you have Joker with a paint can that crossed out an X and says "Burn in hell." So <laughs> that's the beginning of several issues where it goes into the different characters and uh, has a spotlight on each character with Batman and. That sort of thing. So I really always enjoyed this this cover because on the on the gravestone it has a like statue of Batman on top of it. My number two. Okay, what was
0: your number one? My number one, Batman two twenty seven. The story was the Demon of Gothos Mansion. Oh yes. And this cover is a direct homage to Detective Comics thirty one, where we had the Mad Monk. Right. And you've got Batman, the figure of Batman, giant Batman hovering over the mansion that's sitting on the hill, the rocky hill with the fog going through. Except in this cover, instead of the the Mad Monk, you've got, I think, Clifton Heathrow, the antagonist, is chasing uh, Daphne Pennyworth.
1: Classic cover. I like that one a lot, too. So, my number one was Batman 367. And that has... You can barely see the words Batman in the title. And you have Batman, you know, being wrapped with vines and then in this total wall of vines, almost like poison ivy. And on the cover, of course, it says, A slight case of poison ivy. And he's fighting with these vines. You can see his symbol. You can see his face a little bit, but... Uh, I really enjoyed that cover. There's a lot of detail on that cover with the Vines and everything, so uh really enjoyed that one. So, I mean, there were so many that you could have oh. b- brought up or mentioned. I mean, I looked and I looked and looked, it was, and I just decided, okay, now I'm just going to go with these three. There's other books that I've talked about on here before. I didn't pick them just because I've mentioned it before. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun picking those out. So... Right. So let's go
0: ahead and head to our next book. Come on, Robin. To the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. Our next book, Detective Comics 1022. Script, Peter J. Tomasi. Pencils, Brad Walker. Inks, Andrew Hennessy. Colors, Brad Anderson. And Lee Bermejo did the variant cover. So we have Batman, who's been captured and bound by Two-Face, And he hangs suspended over a vat of bubbling acid or perhaps margarita mix. And he manages to escape unharmed thanks to his bat suit. He pursues and finds one of Two-Face's henchmen and makes him tell him how he met Two-Face. And the story goes back a long way back to when Two-Face shot himself through the head. And it turns out that Joker intervenes and with the help of Hugo Strange's surgical skills saves Two-Face, but Joker in league with the Mad Hatter puts an implant into Two-Face that makes him a pawn of the Joker's plans, which appears that it's going to be getting ready to be used for the upcoming Joker wars. So in this this is the I think 7th part of this Ugly Heart Infliction storyline. Another story that's moving not as rapidly as some people might think, but it, yeah, we're getting to see another side of Two-Face that we've never seen before. And we're learning in this issue kind of why, because he's being manipulated by these whatever was put in his head, by Hugo Strange, whatever divine the Mad Hatter came up with. What are some of your thoughts?
1: Yes, I, I enjoyed this. It is moving a little slow. But a couple things that I've noticed in this book, 2 Face has Batman, he's getting ready to dip half of him in that acid. Yes. Well, well, he already looks like he dipped himself in it because his hand is is scarred, and I didn't notice
0: that in previous issues. Well, I don't think it's been, because he even mentions in the text somewhere, I forgot what page it's on, that he's taken great care to scar the entire left side of his body.
1: Yes. Yes, so he so, must have Yeah, he's done... not been that way all the time. Yeah. So he must have done that. And, you know, I like to see, you know, that where Two-Face shot himself in the head was in the Batman and Robin Tomasi series. So it's not a, a coincidence that Tomasi is no. writing this series. And he goes back. And you you thought that tube face might have been dead. You know that he truly wasn't, but it was kind of cool that, that he kind of linked these together to show how he's, how he's being controlled and going to be manipulated, as you said, in the Joker war. My big question is Batman's half his body was basically dipped in that acid. And it did a number on his cow and his suit, but it didn't look like it touched his skin. Well, it didn't. He only, He kept his face yeah, out of the acid. Yeah. It must be Rich. like waterproof. It's or acid-proof. Acid-proof. Or there you go. Acid-proof. So, this seems to be like the end of this arc, sort of. I mean, it, it says next it's Joker at war, so so I'm not 100% sure if there's more. I mean, 2 faces obviously going to show up in the Joker war, so it sounds like this is headed right
0: there, next issue. Well, you know, the big reveal on the last page is after Joker has taken the dynamite and blown a hole through the flooring, you see that looks like a big sculpture or whatever of a, the face of an owl. Yes. So obviously the Court of Owls is going to be part of this Joker war, or going to be somehow tied, tied into it. That interests me because I really enjoy
1: their introduction and— and i that 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 sounds exciting to me i mean i don't right. want it to be all joker all the time i want to see you know a story that's developed and that sort of thing
0: right i know and i'm kind of i'm waiting with anxious breath this whole joker war thing because joker is just ubiquitous in dc comics now it seems like every story every title is including him and we're getting over jokerized here i think so are in danger of getting away. Yes, yes. So, I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe this is the end of this arc. I, yeah, it could be. It's hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a clean end. No. If it is.
1: No. So, anything else you'd like to add about this particular issue?
0: No, I think, it, like I say, it was, it continues to be a good story. I was kind of a, surprised, and also like you, I was intrigued and pleasantly surprised at how he tied that story from way back what, of Two Face. Putting a bullet in his head. All right. I, I frankly forgotten about it. I had to go up and pull that issue out. Yes. Of Batman and Robin. To I had remember. re myself with it.
1: Because I really like that issue. But the thing, the other thing in that issue, is they changed his origin. And yes. Two Face didn't get scarred in a courtroom. He gets to, scarred another way by a woman, I believe. So that was a little different and I don't as I say, you don't know what's canon and what's not sometimes when they write these stories and
0: I think there's been two or three different origins Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two face. So. so
1: and I mean they had they had the perfect origin, you know, in Batman Forever <laughs> where Batman yeah. tries to save Harvey Dent from you know, the acid so
0: I guess well, there's one other thing I wanted to get your opinion on. Because okay. Artwork, artwork overall is very good. Yeah. But those panels where Batman is struggling, trying to get out of the acid. Uh huh. Some of those panels just, there's so much going on. To me, I had or several, of them I had to stare at for twenty, thirty seconds to understand what was happening. It just seems like it was too much going on. Well, the, too many. The biggest you know, thing,
1: the coloring of his hands. Yeah. Was hard to tell that that was his hands because they're like melted and you you had to look at it and and all those, you know, the ropes and such. Right. It was just very, something with the coloring. I don't know if it was the coloring choices or what it was exactly, but it just looks like the lower half of him from his chest on down is just, you got to just stare at it and see exactly what what is going to understand what you're saying about that.
0: Yeah, you just kind of had to really look at it. Yeah. So, That and why is acid always green in comic books? I don't know. (laughs) Do you think, I work in a uh,
1: laboratory where we have acid. Do you think acid is really green?
0: I took chemistry (laughs) in both high school and college. I worked with sulfuric acid, hydrochloric acid. Yeah, so you know. I've cleaned bricks with muriatic acid. Oh, yeah. I've never seen any green acid. No. no,
1: me either. Or you know you have those shows or movies that show that has liquid and they show like red and green and blue liquid. No lab yes. looks like that. <laughs> That's just done <laughs> by somebody that doesn't know anything about it. So,
0: Well, you can't have, I'm sure, I, know, I understand, you can't have clear transparent acid in a comic book. You couldn't get it to show up. Right. That's
1: and it has to be it. bubbling, just, you know. It's always
0: funny that it's always a neon green
1: yeah. Now, there is some vapor to it, especially hydrochloric yeah. acid, but right. not a lot of bubbling unless you interact with some some other substance. There you go. You learned something today.
0: <laughs> yes, I
1: did. So we're about to learn something else coming up because we're headed to Stump the Co-Host.
0: It's time for the Batpod Stump the Co-Host segment.
1: So welcome to Stump the Co-Host, and today on Stump the Co-Host, we have a theme, and her theme is Poison Ivy, of course, because her next book is going to have to do a little bit with Poison Ivy, so I picked Poison Ivy, so how up are you on Poison Ivy?
0: Uh, I, I think I have a moderately good okay, knowledge of so it. so
1: you think you'll do pretty good here? Don't know. Okay, our first question. Poison Ivy's first appearance was in Batman 181 and created by Robert Kanger and Sheldon Moldoff. What short story was her character based off of? Number one, Godspeed and Perpetua. Number two, A View from the Observatory. Number three, Rapsini's Daughter. Or number four, Ivy by a Different Color. So we got Godspeed and Perpetua. A view from the observatory, Rapsini's daughter, ivy by a different color.
0: I am going to say, just because it sounds good, I'm going to say Rapsini's daughter.
1: If you said Rapsini's daughter, you were correct. Oh my goodness. Rapsini's daughter, the story centers on a young girl tending to her father's garden of poisonous plants. She is often... Isolated in the garden and develops a loving, intimate relationship with the plants. In the process, she becomes immune to toxins as well as poison. So that's where the idea of poison ivy came from. And they are all real short stories. I just didn't make them up. So all those are short stories. So things you might not have known about poison ivy. I'm going to mention five different things. You're going to pick the one... That doesn't seem right. That is incorrect. Number one, she was in a folk singing duo with Harley Quinn. Number two, made Clayface think they were married. Number three, need solar energy to live. Number four, immune to the Joker toxin. Or number five, replaced Batman and became Ivy Girl. Oh, man. Folk singing duo made Clayface think they were married. Needs solar energy, immune, joker, toxin, replace Batman, became Ivy Girl.
0: Okay, replacing Batman is so stupid, but it's got to be true. Um, I'm going to say the incorrect one is needs solar power. I'm sorry, but you are
1: incorrect. The one that I made up was replace Batman and become
0: Ivy Girl. Oh, God, see, that sounded so stupid I it had to be true. I mean... Uh... <laughs> Folk
1: singing duo with Harley Quinn was actually in an Elseworlds. Right. Made Clayface think that they were married. That was more recently immune to the Joker toxin and then solar energy to live. She actually, instead of oxygen, she takes in CO2. So, right. interesting. So, I'm sorry. You did not win the cash and prizes. Would you like to know what you would have won?
0: No, not at all. Well,
1: you're going to find <laughs> yeah, out because of this is what know. we do here. You find out what you would have won. So you're like so disappointed that you didn't win that you cry yourself to sleep at night. You would have won a year's supply of Pamela Isley's vegetable garden seed. Yes, that's right. Tomatoes, cucumbers, Peppers, all the sort of yummy vegetables that you would want. A year's supply of garden seeds. How's that sound? You a gardener? You have a garden?
0: Sounds great. I'm going to be disappointed the rest of the night that I didn't win that. You don't sound too thrilled. I'm not. I'm upset.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, Pamela Isley is other known as Poison Ivy, and she likes to mix, you know, other seeds with her vegetable garden seeds just to... I don't know have a little fun and she mixed in some life-size mutated venus flytrap seeds that basically eat you whole and digest you for a couple of weeks so it's probably a good thing you didn't win that one and got some of those seeds
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: <laughs> okay let's go ahead and head to our final book
0: people need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and i can't do that as bruce wayne As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed. But as a symbol, as a symbol, I can be incorruptible. I can be everlasting. What symbol? Something elemental, something terrifying. Our final book for this evening is Batman 183 from August 1966. The writer was Robert Kaniger. Pencils by Sheldon Moldoff, inks by Joe Giella, and the cover art was from Carmine Infantino. So, Poison Ivy is in jail, but she still is influencing Batman and Bruce Wayne by the kiss that she gave him when he was captured. Batman can't get his mind off of her, and she keeps sending him messages, almost like telepathic messages, to break her out of prison. And she even sends him, creates a small hand mirror that she gets a prison guard to give to Batman where he imagines seeing Ivy's face in the mirror and she coaxes him to get her out. But Robin understands all of this and he keeps trying to help the Batman. Finally, there's sheer force of will. He's able to overcome Ivy's influence and trap her into, but he ends up having to fake, take her fakely fake, taking her out of prison in order to save people because of her explosive hair. But he foils her in the end. The backup story in this is Batman's baffling turnabout where someone that Batman sent up to prison five years earlier escapes and disguised as Batman sets a trap for both Batman and Robin. Batman falls through a trap door onto a netting that's with a super strong adhesive And the tide is rising, and Batman has to try to escape. Meanwhile, the fake Batman goes to, gets Robin, who recognizes that this is not the real Batman. Robin takes him to the auxiliary Batcave, sets a trap for him. He goes back to the warehouse to see if Batman is still alive, to find out that he has been able to get out next to a gadget in his utility belt. What did you think, overall? Was your just overall gut reaction to this issue i enjoyed it it was a lot of fun the
1: poison ivy you know we we got introduced to her a couple issues ago and you see right off the bat that her mo basically is affecting bruce wayne with her love toxin you know to fall in love with her so she can kind of control him. right so i found that amusing I like that they have two different stories. Sometimes the second story in these are almost better than the first. I did like the first one a little bit better, but, you know, these issues are a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne has some cheesy lines at the beginning in this book.
0: Oh, all through, yeah. He's talking to the women that he's dating. <laughs> yes. I like. They're dancing, and the orchestra's in the background, and he says... We don't need an orchestra. We make beautiful music together." I was like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. Like, you try to do that today, you'd be laughed.
1: No, I think he bought a book, "The Lamest Pickup Lines <laughs> Ever." <laughs> and that they all of those would be all those would be
0: in there. Except when you're a billionaire, you can use lame pickup lines and it doesn't hurt you. But yeah, I'm I kind of tended to like the second story a little bit better. The first story was fun and good even though it's really silly. Yeah, it had a couple of major plot gaps. It was like when they they heard the gunshots from across the street, and they keep hearing multiple gunshots, and they use these bat suction cups to string a line across, right? And even as they're going across, they're still hearing gunshots, and they get over to the other building, and nobody's been shot. So who were, who's who were these guys shooting at? There, of uh, course, they got the you know in the movies where all the bad guys they never land any shots; they were just. <laughs> I, guess so I, I thought that was a major that. And the other funny one was I mean, said, so we need to get you out, get some fresh air, get you out of the cave and some fresh air. And where do they end up on this ferry boat? I mean, that's, you know, when I want fresh air, I just usually just step out on the back porch. I don't go find a ferry. But, of course, it helped the plot move along. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, I enjoyed it. It was it's kind of silly. Now, did you uh, did you see before the reveal on the last page of, of why Robin knew that it wasn't the real Batman? Not offhand. The fake Batman didn't have the yellow oval on his chest. Ah, there we go. Real Batman's had this bat symbol with the yellow oval. The fake one okay. had been in prison for five years, and he hadn't seen Batman's new look. Ah, there you go. <laughs> and that had to be playing, because that was, because Carmen Infantino, when he took over the editing of Batman in the mid-60s, that was the first thing he did, was change Batman's look. And he put that yellow oval there. Oh,
1: right, yeah which I it was there for like a really long time.
0: Oh yeah, a long yeah. time.
1: So I really I actually that was one of my favorite bat suits. I always like that. Yeah. It doesn't seem
0: too practical, but um I always liked the look of that. Well, the way it was explained was that that bright yellow would become somebody who's if somebody was trying to shoot him, that bright yellow becomes almost like a target and he's wearing his Kevlar reinforced bulletproof substance underneath his bat suit so to try to shoot him in the chest would be the best place because he's wearing some sort of body armor and that's why the yellow
1: was there right yeah that's kind of because yeah
0: you would think that's that's just that's too bright for batman but it's got a purpose so the other thing i think you have to keep in mind of why this was kind of silly and goofy in places is that this was in 1966 the same time as the first season Of the Batman TV show. Oh, you can definitely tell from the dialogue. Yes, and the comics, you know, imitated the TV show. And trying to be, you know, the campy, sort of poke fun at itself. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And this was one of the issues I think it did work to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. This was
1: a lot of fun. I mean, you can see direct relation to Batman 66. He almost acts like him totally yes so yeah this was a good one i i enjoyed this i had not read this before
0: i had but it's been many years yeah
1: yeah so yeah that was a lot of fun so yeah anything else you want to add about this particular one no okay so we'll go ahead and get out of here if you'd like to contact us and be part of the Bat Pod, our email is batpodpodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at pod underscore bat. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Lastly, a big thank you to those who have liked and retweeted the show on Twitter or Facebook. So, three good books. Um, the storylines in Detective and Batman are kind of stringing along a little bit, but it's been a decent story. It hasn't been bad. It's good to have new books to read, that's for sure.
0: Right. So, But being three months, being a three-month delay, I had to go back and reread. Oh yeah. some of the old issues. I had to go,
1: the biggest thing that I had to go and look back was, you know, Catwoman and Harley Quinn, where they robbing a bank. Yes. Because they did mention in the last issue about a bank heist, but I thought they were going to Wayne Enterprises. That's that's what I thought. So That's where I got a little confused about the bank heist, that sort of thing. And, you know, Harley Quinn is only in this book so she can go up against Punchline.
0: Yes, yes. they had to get those two together. Yeah, yeah.
1: so that's kind of interesting. So.
0: And we got introduced to Punchline, but she really didn't do anything. No, she, she didn't do
1: it. much. We really haven't seen much about her she's had a few lines here and there but that's about it so right assume she's going to be more of a focus in the joker war so we'll just have to wait and see
0: i think that's undoubtedly true so
1: yeah so we'll be back in about two weeks until next time same bat time same bat channel we will see you later